Welcome to this week's episode of the Get to the Contest Small Business Podcast. Today we're going to be speaking to an expert in an area who I think could really help a lot of small business owners. Now when I've been um, working with clients in small business, the number one common problem that they have is people and relationships. Pretty much as my good friend Jeremy Fox says, you know, relationships are all that matter, everything else is syntax and I couldn't agree more. So I thought let's get a, a, an expert on relationships and in particular relationships and, and how they affect business onto the podcast and, and talk about how, how we can have just better relationships and therefore better businesses. So today I've got Melanie Raimundo. Melanie is an Associate Director with Active Learning International, also known as Relationship Capital, and she's the founder of Enneagram RC. Melanie is an amazing individual who's worked with some of our clients to achieve excellent, excellent outcomes and results. Melanie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Warwick. Yeah. So, um, really keen to get you on today just to talk about well specifically family businesses but but small businesses in general and and I guess this all I know you work with some multinational clients as well a lot of this stuff is common from from a, a one person two person business all the way through to as I said multinationals but you know can we just have a, a, a chat about with the, the clients of family businesses what are some of the problems that you deal with when you're speaking with your clients well Largely, as, as you've just mentioned, you know, doesn't matter what size the business is, it all comes down to how you treat the relationships within the business and where they are in your priority list. So what I often see in business when we come in is that they have already brought in accountants, um, maybe finance, lawyers, people to come in and fix all those different aspects of the business. But the relational side is always the last on the priority list. So when we come in, it's often when it's at a point in the business that it's harder to come back from. So it's gone so far that the culture of the company or business has become an unhealthy culture. And so having to change a culture, you can imagine even in society, is so difficult. So that's one of the biggest difficulties that I've found is the priority of relationships and how it ends up into an unhealthy culture in the business. And it can also lead to the family as well, if it's a family business. Right. Okay. So, so what you're saying there is often you want to get brought in as a, as a treatment to uh, perhaps a festering problem, as opposed to a, which is more like a medical thing rather than a perhaps using a fitness analogy of, hey, staying on top of things and, and getting fit so you don't get sick. Exactly um, right. Yeah, um, I'm sorry, I'll just say on that point, it's you're right. It's we come in at the end for the chemotherapy, but sometimes it's so intense that people don't know how to handle it. They think that it's a quick fix, but yeah. anything emotional or relational is not a quick it, fix. It, it can be sewing, that, and that's at, at a relationship level, and and then it could be between a one or one or two people, but it can go right across the the firm and the. The business and the, as you mentioned, the culture. Mm -hmm. So if we just step it back a little and, and put our sort of a family business hat on, because that's what a lot of our listeners would be family businesses. So I know the reality of small business for for many family businesses is, you know, the husband, wife or, or two two partners get together and with a view to, hey, let's go out and start a business, mainly because they're sick of being employees or they might identify an opportunity. They may never have been in business before and everything's oh well exciting because hey aren't we going to go well and they, they they've got um, they know how to do the actual job whatever that task is but they may not have the experience in managing a business they might have the experience in leading people or or um, giving people direction um, training people often the then that translates into sometimes exceptionally long hours far longer than people envisaged when they were say on wages and working there 40 hours a week and w reporting to someone but still got their sick pay holiday pay and weren't, weren't overly stressed whether there was you know still did a great job but weren't, weren't having the stress of the paperwork and customers and, and everything else so so th these are some of the challenges that then build up and I've seen um, family businesses where one partner might be working exceptionally long hours for the business the other partner's back at 
home, running the office and running the family. Instantly, if there's, you know, you're throwing a few cash flow pressures from customers that aren't paying or, or jobs that may not be going as well, instantly we're adding pressure to relationships. So these are these are some of the the, the challenges um, that that small businesses face. You mentioned people getting you know getting uh, help or reaching out for help often when it's past a, a certain point or some there's been a trigger uh, for them to come to see you. But can you just give us a, a, a bit bit of your experience on some of the consequences of the this pressure and and how you deal with it and what your preferred approach to preventing that would be? Okay, well, it's uh, a big question. Well, first of all, let me just start with everything that we've just you've just mentioned is an imbalance in the work-life balance. So I often see clients that work in a family business actually taking the business into the bed, answering emails, doing invoices, looking at the day's work in their bed with their partner, husband, wife. And that to me is a big, you know, red flag, you know. There should be a stage where, you know, where where does my family life start and where does work start? You know, there has to be a start and stop. And so um, with the question, let me just reiterate it. It's the, the question is about how, how far can we go? Is that the question about work-life? Oh, well, it was, it was a, a long question. Um, <laughs> but like, it, it was probably what What are the consequences of some of this? Let's okay. talk about the consequences first and then yeah. maybe we can elaborate on how to avoid them by perhaps getting when, when people should leadership mm-hmm. and guidance in this area. Yeah, so the consequences of a, let's say, unhealthy work-life balance or a lack thereof would be it could be marriage breakdown it could be the company breaking down the company not no longer working the business no longer working your own emotional mental and physical health so something that we often talk about nowadays is burnout but it's just said kind of in the background but burnout is also physical So very often what we call psychosomatic disorders is when I'm not feeling well emotionally or mentally, but I'm putting that on the back burner. I'm fine, I'm fine, and we just keep going. We keep trudging along because that is what our society, specifically in Australia and in Western cultures, tells us to do. Keep going, don't stop. And that then can cause psychosomatic disorders. So very often I have clients say, I don't even know why I have this illness, this sickness, the doctors are perplexed. And it's often, you can often relate it back to stress and the the accumulation of it, the accumulation of, I always say the accumulation of minimising and um, avoiding, avoiding the bigger picture of life, the bigger picture of my emotional and mental and physical health. So I think those are pretty big um, consequences, right? Yeah, well, you know, the physical and mental burnout and, and, and all that flows from that. Well, without your health, you have nothing. Your ability to work is is either lost or severely limited. So, um, and, and, you, and you said the big one. Um, now, whether you're married or, or just, you know, relationship breakdown, divorce. Mm-hmm. Now, um, and sadly, it, it happens. Um, but the worst thing that you can do for your um, uh, financial well-being, let alone your mental well-being, is divorces. And there's, there are no winners from divorce, um, except maybe yeah. the except maybe the lawyers. So, <laughs> avoiding, you know. And, and I know sometimes people shouldn't be together and that's a, a probably an issue for a separate podcast. But <laughs> people that at one stage loved each other that are, are, are due to pressure of relationships and imposed by a business that's not working, um, which is supposed to actually be creating money for a family and a better life and all those things that we all go into business for, mm. um, and yet um, quite perversely um, the small business can be a, a prison that, that – applies that pressure and, and, and pulls families apart if, if things don't go well. So, um, you know, 
obviously ma- massive emotional but also financial consequences to a divorce so it's yeah. it's being being avoiding those at, at all costs uh, and, and look, you touched on business failure well clearly if the key drivers of a business aren't working as they should as in the the re- key relationships within that business aren't working then something's going to fall over and and I, I, I see this a lot and I know we've had some some um, clients that we've worked on together. Um, but but if, if the leaders of a business aren't aligned, um, the team, the staff, let's call it, you know, it's like if parents are fighting, the kids can tell, kids can tell if parents are fighting. Um, and if mum says you can't do something but dad says you can, well, the kids will play up and get away with whatever they you know, like you need you need a clear um, leadership oh. that that where you are aligned and everyone knows the rules from a from a team perspective. So apply that to business. Um, if if the team out there are looking up at the leaders and going, well, these guys can't get their act together, yeah. then um, one, they're not going to be as motivated. Um, two, there'll be lost productivity. Um, and ultimately the cost of turnover of staff because people can tell when a business is, um, is not not a, a good place to be around and that, that just permeates through the whole culture of the business. Yeah, exactly. And it's basically, it's a runoff effect, right? So we say the saying in, in marriages, happy wife, happy life. But ultimately, your wife won't be happy if you're not happy because then you won't treat her well. So it's the same in business. If you're not happy and doing well, your team will not be happy, won't treat your clients or customers well and your stakeholders. And basically, you can see it just all goes, you know, goes, flows down from there. So if you're happy and you're doing well and you have great leadership and you're doing well in life, it'll just run off on your team and your customers and stakeholders yeah and, and the 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 key word you just said there that we hadn't touched upon which is i think underappreciated is customers mm-hmm. yeah Cu- customers. Pe- people can tell like um you know <laughs> I, i've been into businesses in the past as a, as a customer and you are just treated um like my my optometrist, I popped in the other day just to get my glasses fixed, and it is such a warm, warm mm. place. Treated, I I know they treat their team like members of mm. the family, and some of them are family, but some of them are just long term team that have been there forever because they they, they really treat them well, um, and that that shone through in how I was treated from them, and it was just a very basic thing to come in and get my glasses fixed. And it, it just shone through. And, and then you contrast that with um, sometimes you, you know, can't believe you can turn up to a, a shop and you can see people arguing behind the counter. Yeah. And, 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 and it's like, I just want to get out of here. And often you do. You just, you know, if people are bickering or whatever, you, you, know, you know what, I'll just go to the shop next door and um, you, you, it's hard to be, you know, you just get that vibe and it's hard to be, uh, tangible about it, but you you can just tell. And if your if your team aren't happy, and if the management aren't happy, then ultimately it's going to translate to customers. And guess what? Without customers, we don't have a business. Creates more stress, right? So, fixing these relationships, as I said at the outset, um, and and addressing these issues is it's a profit and loss thing. Like um, oh, you know, some people some people say, oh, it's all too airy fairy, Warwick. You know, I, I'm mm. a um, you know, but it, it, it does translate into the bottom line. Um, oh, yes. And and when things are all going well, more profits equal more ability to invest in more training, better staff, and we can, and all of a sudden then we've got a, a situation where you can have more time off, less pressure on the family and all the rest, or you can go the other way and you get that death spiral where, you know, you're constantly retraining staff, which means you've got to work longer hours, you're making less money, less mm-hmm. customers, and... More pressure, which then we 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 repeat that 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 loop, which is not what we want. So, um, yeah. So that that's um some massive consequences if we don't get the relationships and the the leadership right across mm-hmm. our business. So, all that said, 
what do we do about it? How do we get alignment in a small business, Melanie? Um, all right. As I said, we start with us. So I'm going to use the term that is said a lot nowadays, but it's very, very important. It's emotional intelligence. So emotional intelligence, it starts with us. So at Relationship Capital, we say we have to first know ourselves in order to then understand the other and then to manage the interface between the two. Because life is not just about me or you, it's what happens between us two. So basically, you need to know you. And what I mean by that, I need you to understand your triggers. So for example, if a customer is unhappy and they say certain things to you about your business, is that a trigger for you? How do you respond to that then? So asking yourself a few questions is a good start off point. So first of all, what are my triggers? How do I respond to them? But most importantly, what are my virtues? What are three things that are great about me in business, in life? Because you need to lift yourself up a little bit too. You need to believe in yourself. And then we do the same with everybody else in our life and our team. We understand their triggers. We understand how they respond to them, but we also name three virtues of each person and start with the virtues. So that's something that's very important is knowing myself and understanding the other. That is, that is one of the most important things I can say. And I do have one more tip if I've got time or to share. Yeah. My other question that I'd like you to ask yourself if you're in a small business or you even work in a small business or thinking of starting one is to evaluate, reevaluate really, what your KPIs are. What were your KPIs when you started the business? Why did you get into the business? And why are you still getting up every morning for that business? So what is my KPI? I invite you to write that down. Really think of it. Once you've written it down and you have it, where are your relationships within those KPIs? Now, for example, you may have said, I started my business or I have my business in order to make sure that my family has enough money to put food on the table, but also to have a comfortable lifestyle, no financial security. Beautiful. The difficulty I see in that KPI in relationships is that the financial will then become more important or prioritized above the relational. So that's what I invite you to really look at your KPIs with a fine tooth comb to see where the relationships fit and where are the relationships in your priority list in your KPIs. Because, yeah, yeah, I'll say one thing. Um, some people may know who Joe Biden is at the moment. <laughs> and Joe Biden, when he was vice president, he sent out a memo to everybody in his team saying that the most important thing in his team is family. So if you ever put work before family, he said he would be disappointed, which is a really big thing. So Joe Biden himself has lost a wife and two children in his life. So he yeah. understands the importance of family relationships. And very often we, we put them on the back burner, but then when tragedy strikes, we realize how important they are. And as I've mentioned before, all the consequences, well, what is life if I don't have my relationships? with myself, with my family, friends, colleagues, customers and stakeholders. What is life without those? Yeah, well, that's it's pretty empty, right? Um, yeah. and, and just that, and I hadn't heard that, that uh, story of the memo that he sort of put to, to his team, but the, that's, I guess that's leadership, right? That's, that's making, making it clear that, hey, we don't expect you here 20 hours a week while you're, you know, 
child or 20 hours a day while your wife's at home with three sick children or mm. in hospital or this like just you know you've got to be you know and, hey not only do we not expect it but i will be disappointed in you if mm. i find out that has happened yeah. um, now because without that without that permission to do that i'd imagine there'd be plenty of people working for the vice president at the time who mm. who would just feel that they don't that they, they don't have a choice and they're and their family has to suffer, which, and ultimately, I, I guess, um, Joe Biden would have been smart enough to work out that, hey, well, you're going to keep, you're going to retain the best people and they're going to give you more of themselves if, they're, if they've got their balance right as well. Exactly. Um, otherwise, you just churn through and, um, you know, you, you mentioned the word burnout. Um, yeah. Um, and then the cost of recycling and getting new people in, um, particularly at that level would be immense so okay so no i i i really like that answer and particularly the, the kpis um obviously as an accountant we talk about financial kpis and yeah. and there's leading indicators and, and lagging indicators but i i think you made a really good point as well like the just the if it's time with your family well how are you measuring because if you're working a 70-hour week you're not getting home for family dinners and you know, you're probably working on a Saturday and you're missing out on those things. So now that's, I, I guess it's, if you get, if you write that down and you have those discussions with your significant other and your family mm. and you can make sure that those times, you know, you, you, you set KPIs around that. It's like, okay, yeah. all right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be home for, and this may not be practical for everyone to be home at, at, at 5.30 for dinner with the kids every yeah. single day. But if it's like, okay, well, sign of success for us could be, hey, I just want to be home for a family dinner two nights a week and make sure I'm tucking the kids into bed and reading them a story every night of the week or, or whatever that is. And just being aware of that, because if that's what's important for you, and it, and I've just thrown those things out because they, they might be things that apply for, for me personally, mm -hmm. um, but, but, you know, I guess it's a, a discussion with you and your family about what, what's important and what's going what's gonna to matter. Well, that's exactly right. Well, that's 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 why one of the most important questions I ask people is, well, what is success to you? Because success is different to everybody. So, as I mentioned, as you mentioned, I'm the founder of Enneagram RC. It's a personality. It's a way of understanding personality. Um, so, I'll send you the link so people can see that rather than talking about it too much. But there are certain personality types that are more success orientated, and when you're success orientated, the question is, well, what is success to you? I know someone who they're success orientated to be the best um, stay-at-home mum, housewife. But there are other people who they say, I want to be a CEO. And that's fine, but it's up to you. Well, where does family fit into that? Because success can also be a smile on your child's face that day. You know, your wife, you know, giving you a massive hug saying thank you your husband you know buying you a bunch of flowers like just those little things that we overlook that if we start to see that as successful imagine how beautiful how different we'd see life ah a hundred percent hundred percent and 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 you touched on there and it's knowing yourself but you earlier you mentioned look and then knowing ourselves and then so that we can understand the other yeah um and you're happy to just talk a bit about because I, I guess in some different relationships some people uh and it's quite right like they they will have their own definition of success and mm. their spouse or significant other will have a different definition of success mm. what do we do then well, I think the first thing is to acknowledge that it's different. So as I just said, um, with knowing the Enneagram, what I explain is that we've got different lenses with which we view the world. So first and foremost, to let everybody know, we don't all see the world the same way which is actually quite a big shock sometimes because we've lived our whole lives thinking, well, everybody else wants what I want or sees what I see. But when you live life like that, you get often disappointed when you realise, well, why is that employee not wanting to do the overtime but the other one is happy to do the overtime? So once we understand that everybody has a different way of seeing the world to me and to each other, it changes the way we see the world. So it's an acknowledgement of, 
oh, I wonder how they see that. So it's an open skepticism. So not cynicism, not, oh, that's wrong. It's a skepticism of, oh, I wonder how my wife views success differently to me. Maybe she wants me home more often. Maybe my my employee who's always here late, maybe they have a different way of seeing things. When we open up that question, we're able to sit down with someone and really sit and listen to them, not behind the veil of I know the answer, but really, as we say, as a naive inquirer. Tell me about that. I wonder. So that's a massive thing, walking in with the I don't know rather than the I know. Yes, and 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 I, I and acknowledge that's I couldn't agree any more with what you said because it's so easy to you know with your upbringing or whatever to have a black and white view and this is how it has to be and this is <laughs> there is no wiggle room and <laughs> invariably life has you know elements of grey in it and and how oh, I yeah. see and how I see something is is not how the person next to me my spouse. <laughs> My, my clients, my you know, team would see it. Um, so to take that naive inquirer approach mm. is, is, I guess it's 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 really being op- opening yourself to how how they're they're seeing it. Um, yes. And that actually reminds me, um, and you may not recall this um, from one of our, our other chats from well, quite a while back, but it, it's really stuck with me. There's a common saying, and and I'm sure you, which I'll, I'll get you to add on to it, but. A lot of people use the saying, um, well, people should just, um, you know, treat, I treat others how I like to be treated, um, which is a, a noble thought. Mm. Um, but can you just expand on that, um, if you can recall yeah. uh, one of the talks that you've had on that and, and just expand and elaborate on that? Yes, that's one of my biggest things that I have. Um, is treat others the way that they want to be treated. Now, when we say, when I say this, it means think of what the other person wants slash needs versus what you want or need. When we live our life thinking treat others the way that I want to be treated, unfortunately, as humans, it can often lead to a resentment because they haven't reciprocated or a frustration because of the lack of reciprocation. Why do I always have to hold up the fort? Why do I always have to do that? Why is no one taking care of me? I've always taken care of them. Instead, if it's treat them the way that they want to be treated, it comes with a question, how would you like to be treated? People ask me, how do I know what people want? Um, You ask them, what would you like? (laughs) How would you like to be treated? Sometimes if my partner, he's very, he's a different personality type to me. He's very successful. He's actually like you, Warwick. He's very success driven. And he comes home and I ask him, he tells me his difficulties of the day, which is rare. But if he tells me, I ask him, what answer would you like? Would you like me to listen to you and just be there? Or would you like a solution? Or do you want me to find a positive, you know, silver lining? So I I help him also understand why he's telling me. Because sometimes people aren't used to having those questions. They may not know the answer. But it's a good question. Oh, I'd actually like you to give me a solution. No, I just want you to listen. So... Asking those questions inevitably also asks us the question too, how would I like to be treated, you know, and we have to share that with people. We can't guess that people will know. And you met, you've mentioned a couple of tools, which we won't go too too much into because uh, I'd imagine there's there's probably a, a, a one week worth of seminar content that, that we could talk about. But you've got the Enneagram, the TMP. Um, these are all um, sort of tools that we've worked through and so I can better understand myself and better understand people uh, within my business. Yeah. Um, are they, so that these sort of analysis, is, is that a starting point or, or how, how do, if people have got a business where they think they're, perhaps they're listening to this and they're saying, right, we, we know we're not firing on all cylinders, maybe nothing's broken 
or maybe something is considerably broken like what 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 should be the next steps is that like should they reach out how do they reach out to you and what what would be the process that they go through with you yeah, so basically I do offer um, free consultations just to see if I'm the right person for your mm -hmm. needs. Um, but what we do is I usually like to sit down, depending on how big the team is, is individually with the team leaders or with the whole team, again, depending on how large or small the team is, individually with each person. And then I sit with, then we do team workshops, which can either be one workshop or two or three, depending on the needs of the company. So these are things that we can discuss in a consultation to determine what is necessary, what we can offer, and then we go from there. So I also work alongside my father that sometimes comes along, sometimes doesn't, depending on the need of the team. But my father, Dr. Carlos Ramundo, he is a Argentinian psychiatrist, but now he works more in the line of neuroscience and he has an MBA. So he works more as well with the brain cognitive science of a business and I bring in the relational Enneagram knowledge to it too. So depending on what's needed, we can discuss in a consultation. Um, you may or may not need both the TMP and Enneagram, or you may. Yep. And and are those, um, and just say I was uh, looking to hire a, a team member, mm -hmm. um, do, do you do, um, would you recommend sort of a, an un, like before you, is the idea of the TMP Enneagram and all these sorts of things to, to find the right fit for your organisation or is it just so that you've found someone and you understand how they, they best work? Like is this a, a tool that you would use to include or exclude someone before they come on in employment or is it more just to understand them so that you can get the best out of them when they are here anyway? I, th I think it's it's all of the above because um, when we do a TMP, well, we did a TMP for a multi-million dollar um, a team that had a multi-million dollar project. That's what the, their budget was, and we looked at the TMP, and Carlos immediately said, "This team will not produce the you know desired effect of the." The outcome. You know, yep. of the outcome <laughs> this team will not achieve anything they did not believe him they went ahead and they lost the project so multi-million dollars gone and was that because they they had too many like-minded individuals in one area of the profile and not enough people in the the delivery component or or, or so basically in the TMP, um, we like to see a balanced circle. So the circle of the TMP, and just to say to everybody, the TMP we use to understand the what. What are you doing? What are you good at, especially under pressure? So what is each team member good at? The TMP tells us the thinkers of the team, the doers of the team, and the auditors, you know, everybody that checks in on what's happening in the team. So that's the three basic sectors. If you're missing one of those three sections, it's going to be hard to get things done. You know, it's going to be hard to achieve. That's also why Carlos and I work together because Carlos is a thinker and I'm a doer. So we need the balance. If we're both thinkers, we're not going to get anywhere. Yep. But we do lack the auditing. So we have to bring in people like yourself, like accountants, and people to check in on what we're doing. So the TMP shows you what's missing. So when you're hiring or in the process of hiring, you can say, we need an auditor. We need someone who thinks differently. So you can see the gap that needs to be filled. And with the Enneagram, you see the why. You see the personality. So we need someone who will challenge us. We may have a team of everybody who just goes along with each other, no one that thinks outside the box. We need someone who thinks outside the box. So putting both the Enneagram and TMP together is one of our favourite things to do because it's the why and the what hand in hand. Yeah, great, great. And, um, uh, and, and when I've done those, they've really helped something that you said earlier in the, you know, first understanding yourself, 
which mm. is I, I got a bit of a shock. My my perception of myself compared to what the 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 actual the data um, was 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 quite different, and and that that then led to me being able to better understanding myself was probably the main benefit, and then that meant I then was better able to relate to others and and um, and also understood a little bit more about them based on what what made them tick and and their 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 data. So, um, cool. So look, and you mentioned um, getting help from other advisors. So you know, so small business owners are really encouraged to um, be having someone on board such as yourself um, for regular catch-ups and even before there's any any um, one thing if you've got a business of enough more than one person you're going to have relationships mm. um, and you are going to have um, challenges and keep it so keeping everything ticking over and humming along mm-hmm. um, and, and not just okay but actually improving how things are working um i really encourage people to get advisors such as yourself or 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 coaches so um and obviously accountants and and this is where you know we can all work in closely with other professionals that that so where we overlap and actually make all the areas of the business um addressed by by the expert in each area um but look just before we we move on to a bit about you melanie um just for our listeners, is there any um, strategies that you'd like that you just easy, quick wins that you could suggest to some some small business owners out there about how they they can make small changes that might give them a quick win? Like um, I think you mentioned the uh, Carlos's one, two, three, um, yep. or, or similar. So can you just explain some quick wins for some small business owners out there that might be looking to improve communication and relationships in their business? Yeah. So one of the things is what Carlos calls the one, two, three, which is one minute in the morning. So set your intention for the day. So, for example, I want to sit down with my team member, specifically a specific team member, and just have a chat with them, see how they're going, see how's life for them. So that's my intention for my day. One minute. So take a moment to reflect on your intention two minutes in the middle of the day, so around lunchtime. So people say, I don't have two minutes. If you don't have two minutes, I... Got bigger problems. Yes, reevaluate. <laughs> so if you've got, so two minutes is check in on how you're going with your intention. Oh, I forgot to speak to that person, you know, or they're out today, so I have to reevaluate my intention. So reevaluate, check in how you're going with the intention, two minutes in the middle of the day. And then lastly, at the end of the day. Now, this is why it's good to have, if possible, an end to the day rather than bringing it home into bed, as mentioned before, which is three minutes. So three minutes at the end of the day, we reflect on how was my day today? Did I achieve my intention? If I didn't, we say that's okay. There's always tomorrow. So not being too hard on yourself if you don't achieve it. So that's the one, two, three. Right. And and I guess some of the people listening to this and, and you make specifically it's an end of day ritual mm-hmm. almost. Um, that's always been important, but never more so than in the current environment where many of us are working um, at home. Mm-hmm. And and the one one of the things I've learned this year is People that are working from home, it can be incredibly productive um, uh, because they're you know commute and all the rest, and it's it's lovely. Um, but also, the the I think the default is for people to work much longer hours yeah. um, because there is no, you know, there is no five forty five train to catch home, or there 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 is no expect like you don't have to leave at a certain time, right? And you. Yep. Walk through the living room. Your laptop's still there, and the emails keep popping up overnight. So, I, th- I think that end of day ritual um, yeah. is incredibly valuable, and 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 also, you know, uh, is probably going to be a better way for you to to sort right. That's the end. Now, now is my family time, yeah. and and one of your KPIs for family success. Uh-huh. Then, then we're not. Um, we're not 
uh, interrupting that nice family meal and time talking to the kids about their day at school or whatever, and then ripping out the laptop and responding to an email because it you got notified. Um, yeah, so no, I love it. I love it. So, um, okay. I think, as you said, reevaluating the KPIs on top of that is is extremely important. You know, so where are relationships in that? Yeah. That's something I highly recommend. Yeah. So now, now, incredibly valuable stuff there for our our listeners, uh, Melanie. So thanks for sharing. Now, this is the Get to the Contest podcast. So, what's your version of getting to the contest? What do you have to do? Um, to really make a difference and the one thing that you focus on to become successful? So I've taken mine from Marcus Aurelius, so one of my favourite philosophers. He was also a great leader because he was a Roman emperor. But Marcus Aurelius says, have humility, reverence and goodness always. So I say have those three things for yourself and the other always, and you can't fail. Humility, reverence, and goodness. Right. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So when it comes to small business, what's some of the, um, what's the best decision you've made? The best decision I've honestly made in business is making sure my family priorities are one of my KPIs um, because I do work in a family business because I work with my father and I have to remind him sometimes that no this is the time when we have to sit and just talk about family not work and sometimes I tell my customers clients I'm really sorry but I can't do that I can't extend myself for that time because I won't be 100% with you. And I've never had a customer or client not understand. They're always very grateful for that. They say, thank you, so when can you? And so I make time when I know that I'll be mentally and physically present. This year's been a funny year. What's one thing you've learnt? I've learnt, so I, I always have a word of the year. And my word for this year, so you get to know before everybody else, but my word for this year is equanimity. I've learned about what that means in my own life and also what the word means itself, is being able to see the difficulty alongside the good. So seeing the hardships that we go through, but also being able to see the silver lining and beauty in it all. And in essence, doing that helps you to be calm. So having equanimity is balancing the darkness and the light alongside each other and maintaining calm in difficult times. I've learned that the most this year. Great. Well, I've just learned a new word. I didn't even know it existed. So, I, I, But I, I really love it. I'm, I'm going to uh, take that on board, the calm that comes from seeing the difficulty and the good. Yeah, um, not ignoring it, not avoiding or minimising, but acknowledging just, it there. Yep. And, and that acceptance that I guess comes with with that. Yeah. Um, all right. Now, let's learn a bit more about you. What book, movie or, or musical album has influenced your life? Whether it can be work or pleasure, what what's something that you just fall back to? It's really changed oh, you. One of, one of the books that um, my dad actually introduced me to when I was very, very, very young um, was Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. So... It's written by a Holocaust survivor. Um, He was also a psychiatrist and he talks about finding the meaning in life through, I mean, he's been through the darkest of times. And so I use a lot of his philosophy in my work with my clients. So a man's search for meaning is something um, that has greatly influenced me. I also went to concentration camps that he had been to, like Dachau in Germany, and that's uh, that's influenced me to, to see life in a different perspective, to see the importance of family and good memories. Yeah, well, um, Carlos also, Dr. Carlos also put me onto that book, and uh, it's certainly nothing that I would ever have read without being prompted. Um, 
and, and really just seeing how different people respond to absolutely the worst that life can give and the worst cruelty that you could ever imagine. Um, but, and yet still maintain a, the mindset is, is, is just amazing. So mm -hmm. I, I, I um, can only endorse that, that selection. And if anyone wants to go and have a read of that book, um, reach out to me. Um, and it is available on Audible as well for those that want to do it by audiobook. So um, now, last but not least, Melanie, you know, you're, you're, you're a young person, young professional yourself, but what, what advice would you give yourself from 10 years ago to where you are now, if you could? Don't focus so much on what other people think of you and what other people say you should do. Just focus on what you want to do. Focus on you. It's all that's important. Yeah, don't focus yep. so much on the shoulds of life. Yeah, so and that comes back to I think you said in the very first part of this interview, getting to know yourself first, mm. and and what makes you tick, um, mm. and and because yeah. you can't please everyone, and if you try to, well, you'll mm. fail and and see yourself as a failure. So yeah, yeah, great. Well, actually, I wrote um, I wrote my story, so it's up on my website, and it's a story of what where I came from ten years ago. So if people see where I came from of who I was 10 years ago it's completely different to who I am now yeah. and it's all thanks to the work that I do that I constantly try to apply to my life okay and just for the audience what where can we find that web, where do we find that website what's the the address that's melanieraimundo.com Awesome. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, well, Melanie, uh, it's always a pleasure uh, talking with you. I always learn something. And, um, you know, for small business owners out there that have challenging relationships or even great relationships that they want to keep going well, can, you know, some of the content that you've just shared um, is incredibly valuable. And I'd encourage people to reach out to professionals such as yourself so that they keep things ticking along well or they turn around you know the parts of their life that that need improving so yeah. um thanks so much for your time and um being a part of the podcast thank you warwick um thank you for having me and i'd like to also say that um i don't only just do business so if anybody wants to talk about relational things that is not related to business i'm also there to chat reach out for a free consult if you need to cool all right thanks Millie. Great. There you have it. That was my interview with Melanie Raimundo from Relationship Capital. Um, so much gold there from Melanie um, for small business owners to take away. So here are my key learnings from the chat with Melanie. Um, number one, well, knowing yourself. So if you don't know yourself and what makes you tick and understanding what triggers you and how to respond and your own virtues, um, which Melanie talked about, well, how can you expect to you know, communicate well with others and have great relationship with others. So, you know, you've really got to have that understanding of yourself before you can do anything. Um, number two, look, relationships are the foundations of everything. Now, it sounds um, a bit airy-fairy, but look, every small business that's struggling, every big business that struggles, it comes down to culture. Understanding that if we've got a poor culture or we've got relationships that are a little bit dysfunctional, that's going to have a cost to it. Now, that, that can be on... Um, your personal life, uh, but also in terms of your team, rehiring and retraining, constant team turnover, and ultimately um, its impact that Melanie discussed is on, on your customers. And, and, and so, you know, when things are going well, that's going to drive your bottom line and really improve your your uh, profitability. Um, but conversely, if things are poor, um, you know, it can have a really detrimental effect. So this is not just an airy-fairy thing. You need to get the, your culture and your relationships in your business right otherwise you won't have a business leading into that the, the the big one that melanie talked about was writing down your version of success and your kpis of success so and that's not just financial um and i coming from an accountant that might seem um weird for, for me to agree with melanie there but that's got to be everything so if it, if your version of success and this is completely you know and it might be that within one family each spouse has a you know i've had certain situations where you know it's just like i just want your home at least one or two meals per week and that may not be important to say the person that's out working but it might be important for the spouse that's home with the kids so if that's important and that's a critical thing let's document it so that you can work out a plan to make sure it's successful 
And then you can always measure back and see how you're going. You know, I know with um, even with my own version of success in my my business um, with my business partner, one of our KPIs is are we still playing nine holes of golf together every month? Not because we're passionate so much about golf, but it's something that we loved to do when we were mates before we were in business, and we want to make sure we're still doing that uh, in business and not not clouding or, or losing that. So you know, that's just one one little thing that we can tick off as you know things going well. If we've missed golf a couple of months in a row because we're all too busy, that's probably a sign that we've got to realign and our, our and, and, um, and get our priorities straight. So. Small things like that, writing them down. Um, Melanie, uh, right on point there. So, and, and the last one there um, just comes down to leadership. So if you're a leader of a team of people that are, are looking at you, understanding you, yourself, but also encouraging others to understand what their version of success is and giving them permission to pursue that version of success. And, and Melanie mentioned the story of Joe Biden a few years ago when he was vice president. If he doesn't send that email, his team just, they might have their own version of success, but they don't have permission to chase that. They don't have permission to go and, um, you know, to knock off and spend time with their family if they've got whatever that is. So so not only did he send an email, he said he would be disappointed to find out if, if people were to place work in front of family. So that really set the, the culture that he expected, to, that he was going to live by, but also expected his team to live by. Um, and you can only imagine what that would have done to the the, the quality of the work and the, the dedication to the team when they were working. They they knew they were working for someone that cared about them and therefore would go above and beyond. Um, but they also knew that they had the permission to live their life and be successful uh, in their own way and, and, and pursue happiness at their family level. So some great uh, tips there from Melanie. And um, so... For you small business owners out there, um, look forward to having you join me uh, for the next episode of the Get to the Contest Small Business Podcast. Bye for now.